When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is going to be quite a post-game podcast uh, because we've got a lot to get to. And uh, I got to tell you what, Eddie, I, I would prefer that I be able to just watch the freaking game all over again before we do this pod because, I, to be honest with you, I'm still a little in shock at what I saw this afternoon. <laughs> uh, I had to write on the Scoop account like twice just to make sure it was real. I know I'm bra- I'm having some episodes where I'm breaking with reality lately after my Am I in Hell admission on the unofficial 40 this week. Uh, but my, I guess I'm not in hell because that would not happen in hell. Like seeing one of the greatest games that you've ever seen played uh, in front of you, it was just an amazing game. I mean, we, we haven't mentioned the thing that we should, we're bearing the lead. Caleb Williams, your new quarterback at Oklahoma. It's got to be, right? I mean, I, what did we witness today? What did we witness? That, that, I've seen a lot of things down here before, Kerry, and obviously I wasn't down here last year for the four-overtime game, but, uh, I mean, I, I, that is, I've never seen the stadium like that. I've never seen the swings of momentum, emotion, everything that goes into that. And, oh, by the way, uh, I'm pretty sure that Lincoln Riley benched the guy that was third in the Heisman Trophy voting going into this week or the the odds or fourth in in the odds and i mean carrie i don't think he ever takes another meaningful snap at oklahoma i know that's dramatic for the moment and we're going to give him credit for the two-point conversion uh we'll get into that later but there is something that this team uh kind of they just feed off caleb williams i don't know he's a spark he's a he's a spark for this team there's a spark there there's a belief in him uh, There's a and, gleam in their know, eyes, gentlemen. It just the the entire thing was incredible, and I you know, I guess we'll start with the bad though, because you know you're it, it's three minutes into that game, and I don't know if that thing could have started any worse for Oklahoma. Texas scores in the first play from uh, from the line of scrimmage. Uh, was it Whittington uh, that goes you know seventy five the other way after a no it was by uh, Davis? Uh, it was hold on um, Xavier Worthy n- yes it was Worthy uh, because he had a day let me tell you uh, I mean, of just, all the people that had days you know Kennedy Brooks had a day Xavier Worthy had the day he had nine catches two hundred sixty one yards two touchdowns 
in that long of 75 that was the very first play of the game. <laughs> Jaden Davis did not have a good day. And we can laugh about it because, uh, you know, obviously the way that the game ended. But, I mean, my God, for the for the, about the first first half of the game, Kerry, uh, I just, you know, I kept looking over to TJ Eckert and Nate Bacon that I was standing next to. And it's just like, what is happening? Like, what the hell is happening right now? And the thing that was weird about it, Eddie, is like you're sitting there watching it. Now I'm I'm back in Norman uh, watching it, and you and Bob are uh, at the game covering it. And it was very strange watching it on TV because it's kind of like, you know, if you sold your house and they started doing a reality show in it, and you're like, I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be there. Like, I live there. <laughs> like, um, So it was a very odd feeling watching it at home. For, I think that was the first time in 20 years, 20 plus years. Uh, and it's it it was just one of those things like in my living room, I was like, well, this is going to, at some point, OU's going to wake up, right? Like at some point, OU's going to get in this game, right? Uh, and I, I I hate to say this, but it was never going to happen with Spencer Rattler as the quarterback. No. It just no. wasn't. You just felt like there was no momentum. Like it was just careening downhill uh, and there was nothing that anyone could do. And I, I guess we got to start out by giving it up to Lincoln Riley for making something that's going to make his life a living hell. Uh, yeah. dealing with personalities and, in the locker room. And listen, like if anybody watches the post game with Lincoln after the game, he's you're going to sit there and it, it's almost kind of agonizing in a way because he just won't come out and say it. Right. And I don't think he's that stupid. Like every Carrie, I'm I'm telling you, you'll you'll watch the sights and sounds, which is going to be incredible. And there's just the way that Caleb interacts with teammates, the way that uh, they come and celebrate with him. Uh, after the touchdown throw, after he drops the uh, snap and he gets the touchdown throw to uh, Marvin Mims there in the third quarter, mm-hmm. just the, that that entire way that he goes up and down the sidelines yelling. And I mean, I know that like it's not a huge deal, but it just there's something about the way that he invigorates his teammates. And, you know, it was right before the final possession too, uh, before Oklahoma ended up driving down to uh, get into field goal range. It just, uh, well, field goal range that ended up being a walk-off winner for Kennedy Brooks. But, like, he's standing down there at, like, the 15-yard line, and he's going up to every one of the guys. Like, come on. Like, this is this is our moment, basically. It just, I don't know. You know what it talented. feels like to me, uh, the difference in, in these two quarterbacks? And this is, I, I don't know if I'm going to come up with a good uh, analogy. It could be like Alex Grinch the other day that had that. Uh, we start fires all the time. We put them out. And we say, "Look at what good firemen we are." Uh, I thought it was kind of a, a good analogy. Uh, he thought it was a little weird, which it might have been. But to me, like Spencer Rattler is the you know the neighborhood watch uh, in the neighborhood watch program, uh, and he only does things for people as long as it makes him look good. Whereas Caleb Williams is out there getting cats out of trees. Uh, he is... Uh, he's 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 the professional athlete that's playing pickup ball with the neighbor kids. But, I mean, I just I feel like Caleb Williams is like... this. Is, okay, I'm supposed to give Marvin Williams a chance to catch this ball, even though it might come back to bite me in the ass. But sure. I would rather throw it up and give him an opportunity to make a catch, and let's see if we can make a play. We, maybe well, it's not the I mean, smartest thing to do in the world, but let's. That guy's pretty good, 
and if you just give him a chance to catch the ball, he's going to find it before the other guy does, and he's probably going to make a play. And that happened for the first time all year today. And, I mean, there were several passes where he's just trying to, like, you feel like he's making kind of dangerous throws, but he's just out there slinging it, just trying to make some stuff happen, trying to distribute the football to people that can make plays. Whereas I think Spencer Rattler has fallen into this thing where he is out there playing it close to the vest, playing it too safe because he doesn't want to look bad and make a mistake. It's sure. not To me, somewhere along the line, it, it became a thing where Spencer Rattler's kind of like a selfish lover and Caleb Williams is my slut. I mean, just look at some of the throws that he made. The first throw that he uh, that he made when he came into the game, it was like there's something different about this. Uh, the third and 19th throw to Marvin Mims, the touchdown that ended up when they were down eight. Uh, if he doesn't make that play, who knows? Who knows what happens? I mean, you could go back even to the first quarter, too, and this is a Spencer Rattler throw, but if Mike Woods doesn't drag his foot in the first quarter, they might end up just getting blown out of the game. Who knows what happens? Yeah. And think just, about think it, about it those was passes. Absolutely incredible. Those passes. Uh, I mean, the way that Rattler reacted, how pissed off he was at Stogner when he threw that interception. Yeah, it was just like, how dare you do this to me, and yeah. run the wrong route. It was like he was yeah. mad because he threw it, in it which I I don't know. It just seems like it's it's flipped it's somehow, it, and now it, it, it it's it, just a bad look, Harry. I mean, at the end of the day. It's a bad look, and you know credit to him for coming in and uh, getting the two point conversion. But I'll have to go back and look, and it's probably not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But like even when Caleb's running off onto the field uh, or off of the field when they had to punt or when they you know didn't score or something, like I got one shot and he just runs right past Spencer Rattler. And if everybody was on the same page in that quarterback room, it just I don't know. I, I feel like in past years, somebody would have, like, if the backup stops the starter there and they, like, talk about what happened on that play. You know what's and funny? There's just, it, it just doesn't happen like that, man. You know what's funny, Eddie, is uh, Caleb Williams comes into the game uh, and he makes that one play early where he runs around the edge and tries to hit Braden Willis in the end zone mm-hmm. who dives for it. You should have seen... I mean, like, Kirk Herbstreet literally fell in love with Caleb Williams on that play. Like, he couldn't believe that he was under all that pressure and rolled out and found that passing lane. Like, he was like, he's never complimented uh, Spencer Rattler like that before. Because I don't think he would make that throw. No. but And it just, and the 66-yarder, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the fourth and one that he comes in and then, scores a touchdown on it like he's able and maybe the offensive line isn't good maybe they are just what they are and they played well today I mean my god we have to talk about Kennedy Brooks he had 217 yards today but at the same time like when things break down Caleb Williams is just more athletic he's able to make things happen with his legs and well he is but here's the other thing though there's no turning back he has to be the starter here's the other thing Caleb Williams in one day of work not even a full day he stayed in the pocket and delivered footballs under duress more than Spencer Rattler has all season. Like, 100%. he got hit in the mouth waiting for Mario Williams to come open on a play, and it it could have gone really bad. It could have been a fumble. But that's what, like, Herbstreit was pointing out. Like, this is what he's doing. He sees this route developing, 
And if he can get the ball to Mario Williams, he's going to have it all by himself. And there were other 1, things. thousand percent. There were other things that were happening. Like uh, Kirk Herbstreit was like, "Where's Mario Williams today?" And then, like all of a sudden, he's getting passes thrown to him. Sure. Well, and and the play that you know, and Mario did have a good day. The the play that a lot of people haven't talked about is the one that he just threw up to Marvin Williams or uh, Mims. to Marvin Mims, and I thought he might have got away with a little bit of a push off there. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, what a big play that was in its own right as well. And like, I, I don't know how much they go hand in hand, Carrie, but Oklahoma's defense was not good in the first half. Second half, they came out and played like absolute madmen. There's there is a pop that that Danny Stutzman brings to uh, that defense that they just don't have when he's not out there. Were you able to get on the the coaches or the players call? I got on the very end of the uh, coaches with uh, Alex Grinch because there's a bunch of bullshit down on the field. And Kerry, uh, the the students rushed the field. Yeah, I That's saw that. That's what kind of day it was yeah. at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> well, the reason I was I, asking I, about, you know, what you heard on the post game uh, is, you know, I jumped on with Lincoln and he was done. And I heard Isaiah Thomas was coming up. So I was like, oh, let's let's, let's do it. Let's let's. Let's go mess with Isaiah. Uh, and I asked him a serious question. I was like, you know, did you, what happened at halftime? Because I don't know how much you noticed it. I know I was tweeting about this or, you know, put it in the war room. But they essentially moved him into a defensive tackle position for most of the second half. Okay. And and that was planned. Like the, the, in the locker room, they'd, they'd asked him, I guess Calvin had gone to, to uh, Jamar Kane. And said, "Hey, can can I get some snaps uh, in the middle from Isaiah?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And it worked so well in the second half. They're like, "Let's just do this, make this the plan." And so you saw a lot more Ethan Downs. You saw a lot more Reggie Grimes, and that's because they were playing uh, Isaiah Thomas on the inside along with Perron Winfrey. And Nick Benito was great all game, but those two, Thomas and, and Winfrey, just wreaked havoc in the backfield. Uh, and they kept were, getting to Bijan Robinson before he could even, you know, get going. Casey Thompson was under siege in the second half. There's yeah. just no other way to say it. I mean, my God, they were they were incredible. Nick Benito, it seemed like, was chasing him out of the pocket uh, the entire second half. And I mean, the job that that defense did against Bijan Robinson, who absolutely murdered them in the first half, uh, was just it was incredible. And you know, the weird thing was like. It's kind of what you were talking about. It's like you just you thought that they were going to get, keep getting back into the game. They were going to keep getting back into the game. And Texas, for the most part, they punched right back every time. But credit, though, you crowd. Like on that side of the field, they didn't leave. Even when yeah. it was an 18-point ball game at halftime, like you just got this feeling. It was like, what's everybody know that I don't right now? Like why – why does it feel like OU's just keeping their – they continue to push. They continue to push. And even when they settled for the field goal to cut it to 15 there in the third quarter, like I, I turned to Nate and TJ and it was like, I, I think that's it. Like I, I just don't know if they can get over that hump. But then they get to, what was it, third and long right as the fourth quarter began. Right. And like that was the moment that it kind of felt like – Okay, this is like the defense is, is figuring this out line. and the offense is, is driving. They're kicking too many field goals, but the sure. offense is moving every time they've got the ball. And as soon as the defense started to clamp down, you started thinking, 
this might get interesting. And then it did. Yeah. They kept chasing and, that 11. Like, they yep. they they were down 11, and they'd get down, you know, by, 50, uh, by you know, 18 again and or 15 or, or whatever. Like, they, they, they could just never, it seemed like, get over that hump. And I, I think, I mean, it, it, I don't know exactly what that moment was, uh, you know, because the Caleb Kelly thing came after they had tied it up. Uh, it, it just seemed oh, like... Oh, I mean, the Caleb Kelly thing. I mean, just another one of those things. Like, what a huge play. I mean, I, you know what flashed in front of my face uh, while I was watching that is, well, it's a little makeup for Oregon back in the day. Um, yeah. Because... You, I mean, it, they I mean, played the replay was, the first time. And they're like, "Oh, it's out!" Like Caleb Kelly just Caleb Kelly just ripped the ball out of his hands before it. they could go and, down. And just I, took it. I did. I didn't see. Did Sarkeesian say anything after the game because uh, about that play? Because the guy brought it out from about six yards deep in the end zone. And oh, you mean why he wanted it. to bring it out? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th they just showed a lot on television of him kind of you know kind of settling down. Yeah. Um, it was it was the uh, the worthy kid, I believe that brought it out, wasn't it? I uh, I I forget. I mean, I, I got a great shot on it though. You feel great for for Caleb Kelly. That was unbelievable. It uh it just it that fourth quarter that comeback. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw it earlier, but ESPN Stats and Info tweeted out uh, earlier this afternoon after the game that it's the first time that Texas has ever blown a twenty one point lead in the school's history. Uh, it's the largest Jeez. comeback in Oklahoma history. It's bigger than the 2019 Baylor game. It just it 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 almost doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And now you get through that with a win, and it's almost kind of like it. it it's very fascinating. It's a rebirth of this back. team. It, I mean, it, it, it really is. It, it really is. And we saw what that did for uh, the you know the 19 team. You need some of those wins like that, and. I, I don't think that there's any other way you go than with, you know, and I, I can't believe it. I'm about to say this, but with Caleb Kelly, as, I mean, uh, Caleb Kelly, with Caleb Williams as as your starting quarterback. I mean, it was it was incredible. Uh, and, you know, I at some point we're going to have to talk about Kennedy Brooks because it seemed like there in maybe even late second quarter, it seemed like offensive line wise and and they got beat in their own right at moments today, but it seemed like there was a moment where they started getting whatever they wanted on the ground. And especially in the fourth quarter, that was just Kennedy Brooks was excellent today. And, and how much does that game change uh, as well? If uh, he's not down, if his, if his knee's not down on the fumble, yeah. he got caught from behind in the problem is quarter, it was so. really, really down. Like it wasn't even oh, close. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, and here's the thing, you know, the first half of that game, Bijan Robinson was the best player on the field, most sure. talented, but just freak athlete. Like you could see, like okay, well it's twenty eight seven. If he's going to be ripping off fifty yard runs, this thing's going to be over real quick. And of all that that you looked at, twenty carries, one hundred thirty seven yards, and one touchdown was the damage that he did. You look at that and compared to what Kennedy Brooks did, twenty five carries. 217 yards and two touchdowns. His longest run was longer than B. John Robinson's longest run. It's unbelievable. 65 to 50. And then he had the game clincher. I mean, it was, 
you know, it's kind of like uh, when that you face that clincher, the game clincher and the and the and the one before that, the uh, direct snap. Those are two of the better videos that we got out of the entire day. I mean, it it was like the the sea just opened on both of those, and he hit it. And like, I don't think that we've ever claimed that Kennedy Brooks is the the fastest person in the entire world. Not to say that he's slow, but it was like nobody's catching him. He's gone. It's kind of like if you have a home run derby contest between like Aaron Judge and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Like one just looks the part and the other looks like maybe he's had a few too many donuts. But the guy that's not as athletic looking is just he just has a day and he just buries you in the home run contest. Like that's what that's what Kennedy Brooks did today. He wasn't the sexiest yeah. runner out there, but he buried Texas and he buried B. John Robinson. It was uh, it was truly incredible. Like I I I can't put into words what it was like to be in that stadium as that comeback, uh, and especially down on the field. Like I I tweeted it out. I've never seen the Cotton Bowl hit pandemonium like that. Yeah. Like like I mean it was like the student section was absolutely insane, and I just I I can't help but think. When you're down to 18 points, and even at halftime, when OU came out of the uh, the tunnel in the second half, it just felt like it was a, a crowd saying, "Like we are going to be here, go produce." And sure enough, they they were able to pull it out. Man, I mean, the amazing thing is that Lincoln made the move. I mean, like he made the move to Caleb. Can you imagine? If they had lost this game by 35 with Spencer Rattler at the quarterback, like the pressure he would be under moving forward. It's already been ridiculous, but there would there would have been a full-on we want Caleb. Like it would have been Gary, a huge course throughout I mean, the state. They, they I didn't get any of it on video, but they people were chanting that, you know, at the end of the second quarter. Like it was it was to the point and especially after the uh the fumble after the fumble, it felt like that was kind of the final straw. Like, and yeah, it just, it, it's hard to kind of describe what the feeling was inside that stadium, but it was like everybody knew. And I think, I think to a certain extent, even Spencer Rattler knew it was like, I, like I, at some point you just got to throw your hands up there <clears> and say like, I've done everything that I can. And it, maybe it's just not my day, but like Caleb Williams, has a certain ingredient that people just gravitate towards. And, you know, we've talked about this over the first five games. Spencer Rattler just doesn't have whatever that is. And maybe I'm, it's very easy to say that because we only see him on Saturdays, but just the way that he kind of operates, the, the way that, uh, you know, he kind of looks everybody in the eye to a certain extent. It just, it's different. And you can only wonder like where this offense is like, don't you think that they move the ball just it just flat out better with Caleb Williams back there? Yeah, very much so. Like, and and just I don't think you you can ignore the the extra I mean the way that he reads the zone read is different. Yeah. He looks much more natural doing it. He's very comfortable doing it. And just overall his ability to escape the pocket and to stay in the pocket. I mean those are two different qualities I mean, that he has over the, Spencer Rattler. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's going to make mistakes, people. Caleb Williams is going to make mistakes in the future, but you just kind of got to learn it. You got to learn to live with it because I think that 
you know, as of right now with what we saw, and maybe we're just caught up in the post-game high, but like, it is, it's worth living. It's worth living with, I think, if he's going to make some mistakes because he just means that much more to the offense right now. And it's, it, it was truly kind of one of those special moments at the Cotton Bowl where it's like, you know, I, I was talking to a couple of people come walking off the field, and it's almost like you kind of get that like goosebump feeling of like, did I just see like kind of a legend be born right in front of our <laughs> eyes? Like, has a player ever come in outside of Jason White come into an OU Texas game like that? I mean, you talk about the stage being thrown out there down 18 and basically willed them back to victory. Yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, it's insane. It's really bizarre. It's like, you don't, you don't, think- you don't see it a whole lot. Um, but I'll say this: it was, it was a totally different way of operating things. Like you could tell, like Lincoln Riley was being a lot more uh, deliberate in what he was calling and how he was calling. Like everything took so long, and they were doing the check with me. Uh, and they didn't do they did a little bit of tempo but not much yeah and that makes me wonder like okay well there's a lot of stuff that they have to get into his head before he's ready to be <laughs> really that guy <laughs> i mean seriously when spencer rattler starts coming starts running out there for the two point conversion and like it flashed through my mind like does he does Caleb williams just not know a two point conversion package is that like do they not have plays that he knows uh, for him to be in there, like it just it it. it I mean, it, it could be was just insane. I mean, it could be like you know, you practice that two minute stuff. You practice goal line. You practice, uh, you know, first and five from the goal. You you practice third and two from the you know third and goal from the two. Like yeah. you do all those kinds of things. Uh, Spencer Rattler's had you know three years of going through that. Caleb Williams hasn't. So no. it's very possible that we, we we need to run this play against this defense. And and we haven't repped it enough with Caleb, so we need to put Rattler in there, and it worked. Absolutely incredible. It, I mean, it just was incredible. And uh, you know, it's kind of like you said uh, during the post game thing to uh, to Lincoln. I mean, the the job that they did shutting down the run in the third quarter when that thing when momentum you could feel it every time that they got into second and long, and then third and long, uh, the momentum that they got. Uh, with the pressure and the and the play of the defensive line was just incredible. Well, and I thought that OU and, and Lincoln went out of his way to uh, to pat the strength and conditioning staff on the back. Yeah, I, I did really feel like Texas wore down. Like they, dude, it was it was it was miserably hot out there. There's just no other way to say it. It wasn't Tulane miserable uh because i don't i think there's a little bit more wind down on the field as opposed to uh in norman where the the mm-hmm. structure is a little bit bigger but i mean it was hot and i can't remember a guy ever going down with any type of uh you know cramp or anything like that yeah i mean it was it was it was in the rotations worked well although you know i thought they were a little bit the one thing that I think you have to take out of this that's the biggest negative today is probably the secondary. And yeah. probably Jaden well, Davis, mean, most likely, uh, yeah. out of everyone. They they really... And I don't know. I, like, I don't know how, how, how quickly they can get somebody like a Woody Washington back. And, and Deller and Turner Yell only played one snap today. Is that right? 
Like he went through the entire pregame, but I think he was only out there one time. I mean, he was in on the very first play of the game, and I don't know if he left after that or if it was on the next possession. Okay. Uh, it might have been but, the first I mean, play of the second possession, the but yeah, I mean, he obviously reaggravated whatever it was with, with his hamstring. Yeah, they need to get healthy in in the defensive backfield. I didn't think that uh, Latrell McCutcheon just played awful by any means. Uh, I didn't think that DJ Graham just played awful by any means. They, 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 it was very obvious that they were picking on four early and often. And, you know, I don't know if it's just a little bit of a sophomore slump right now for Jaden Davis, but, uh, you know, that one time was, uh, was it, was it him or McCutcheon that got beat over the top and he wasn't even within like 10 yards of the guy. I think it was in the first half. Yeah. I mean, there were, I mean, I think that Jaden Davis missed tackle on the very first play that ended up going for 75. That's one I can't get out of my head. Yeah. Uh, there was some, and it was you know some of that stuff was BJ B John Robinson, so you kind of forgive it. Uh, like when Billy Bowman got stiff armed into the ground, like you know, it was like B John Robinson was Derrick Henry all of a sudden. Sure. Um, but it's just like there's just a lot of play out there. You're just like, oh man, that's just not good. Like it's got to be better. It, it, but yeah, I mean, the getting beat you know deep all the time. I mean. It was so yeah, they, feast they, or famine. They got to figure that out. I mean, it, there will be uh, moments that, you know, that is taken advantage of. And I would imagine the teams are going to continue uh, to try to take advantage of them if they don't prove to be able to, to stop it. Now, the other side of it is, is uh, you know, they weren't able to do it in the second half as as much. I know that they got them on the, uh, the game time drive, but uh, it was because of the pressure that was being put out by the defensive line. Oh, I just, yeah, I, and how about, uh, how about Gabe Burkett today, man? Just, he's as solid as it gets. That, yeah. There's just no other way to say it. He yeah. just he is a solid, solid kicker. And everything looked good. And I just figured that they'd go down there, run out the clock and have him kick like a 40 yarder. I did too. To end the game. I did too. Were you, uh, were you surprised that Sark didn't go for two or think about like, if there's 30 right, yeah. seconds left no. as opposed to a minute 13, Yeah. I think, I kind of think he goes for two I I thought he might just because the momentum was gone for them yeah like that that touchdown play they had to tie it at, at uh 48 I was just like that's that there's not a lot of momentum behind this offense right now and their defense is not good. like I I thought he should have gone for two of course now we know it wouldn't have mattered sure but it yeah. just but you're probably not running the ball there either though if if you're down by uh well maybe so if if you're down by one who knows but it just like it was a uh it was an incredible uh incredible day at the Cotton Bowl uh down in Dallas it was uh it's going to be one that i think obviously people are going to talk about for for years to come i mean it and and just like the magnitude of it too because because of the quarterback exchange because of like the birth of of Caleb Williams as we know it. Like, I mean, it it almost is it is it over the top to say that it completely changes the trajectory of this thing right now. Well, I mean, I think what this does for fans out there is it's kind of like you know we we call it a rebirth, but it's a reset for everybody. Uh, the expectations that you had going into the year 
weren't there. They're still not, you know, it's it's not like everything's fixed. I think you're, it looks like you're better at quarterback now, which gives you a chance to be better offensively, uh, which gives you a chance to kind of get into more of an elite territory than you were in. Because sure. essentially everything, you still just won a game in the, in the final seconds. I mean, you're still scrapping and clawing for everything. Uh, and by the way, Demarion Overshone is really good, dude. I mean, Texas. That's the thing, though, Carrie. It's like I didn't think that Texas necessarily like they weren't. They played really well at times. Like there was moments where I'm texting buddies, like this is the nightmare that I think a lot of people thought when they hired Tom Herman. Like it seems like everything is moving in the right direction for this program. Yeah. And then, and then it just like it just like. At, at the flip of a switch, just completely turned. Are we uh are we gonna be graced by a uh, by a visitor here pretty soon? By a special Uh-oh. guest? I believe that's true. I guess we'll have to wait and check the talk machine here next to me. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm gonna send Bob out to the fair. He just know you know he, he just he likes the grand entrance. He likes saving the day. Hey, how about the uh, how about the clip of Bob celebrating? Oh, that was fantastic! How cool was that? That was very cool. Got a little. I was very I was very fired up uh, this morning. Got a Bob retweet of the Isaiah Thomas show, which I appreciated. I would imagine that the Isaiah Thomas show this week will have some things to uh, to go over. He was the first guy that got the hat too, uh, and took it over to the team. Like I, that was the other thing. Like the post game. You know, usually they have like the the hat ceremony, they have the the picture ceremony, they have like it's it's all pretty structured how how it goes down after the game. I'll just tell you this: like people bet games uh, for the thrill of it, the excitement of it. Go sign someone to a a name image likeness deal. These, if you want to gamble, go do that because like if they had <laughs> lost this game, like I'm living with every. You know, every time they go down another point, it's just, it's like knives in the gut. Because I'm just like, what if he just decides he doesn't want to do shows anymore if they lose a game? Right, right. Like, what I mean, am I supposed just, to do? It's it's like I told you, man. It Like, you could feel it inside the stadium that, like, they almost kind of willed themselves back into that game without really even doing anything on the field. I don't, I can't explain the, the way that that momentum shifted in that stadium. And it might've been because I was standing on the OU end in the fourth quarter, but like just walking down there, cause Texas was going to come out and they were going to face that third and long, uh, coming to start the fourth quarter. And it just like, it, it felt different. Like something had clicked that it felt like, like they were going to get themselves back in that football game. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I never, I never felt like they were completely out of it. Uh oh, what do we have here? We have a disconnection. That's what we have. Um, he's trying though. We're good. No, but I, I never really felt like okay, they're done. There's this game is over. There's no way that they're they're they don't have a chance to come back. So yeah, and I believe we welcome in now. From League City, Texas. Oh, no. Mr. Josh McQuish. You don't have any theme music. You need some theme music. I do hear some whiskey. Yeah, yeah, that's happened. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. (laughs) Uh, 
don't want anybody to come in with high expectations for me in this one. No, you love coming in and saving the day. Yeah, yeah, saving the day. So, what do you guys talked about already? Let's okay. Let's fill me in. Yeah, that's that's always that's real hot stuff. We've, I didn't know. I that. mean, obviously, that out great. We spent a lot of time on the quarterback situation. We we've kind of hit sure. the only thing that we really haven't just you know kind of really broken down is you know just what they were doing defensively um, when things started going really well. Uh, I mean, I kind of mentioned that you know talking to Isaiah after the game that he mentioned at halftime they decided the plan was that he was going to play inside uh, and how much that really paid off but you know Nick Benito was fantastic Perion had his best day today as well which I remember Isaiah telling me that that Perion gets really super extra fired up for this game interesting you'd think I mean you can't think of a kid less regionally interested in this game than then Perry on Winfrey. He just but, knows that Texas hates Oklahoma and Oklahoma hates Texas. Yeah. And he feeds off of that. I, I think say so. that that's fair. He does strike me as a guy that would feed off just pure anger and emotion. <laughs> so uh, he's like a, he's like a black hole. He just sucks that stuff in. <laughs> uh, but no, um, you know, was it who was it on the podcast? We vaguely touched on Isaiah Thomas hasn't been used much inside. Because right. somebody brought it up to me afterward, and I was like, yeah, that is a really interesting point that I hadn't thought much about. Um, but it came up in some capacity, and I can't remember what it was. But, yeah, I, you know, it's just telling how much that changed in the second half. I mean, Texas could get nothing going in the second half, and it was it was just the pressure between Thomas and Benito. And then Winfrey really incredible. gave – yeah, I mean, that, that – you know, though I think with the exception of Mims and Brooks, they were my three highest scores on the roster. The, the those three guys, so I thought they all played just absolutely outstanding. I mean, the, the the thing that is frustrating is knowing that if you get enough time, you're going to be able to complete a pass against the OU secondary because you're going to either get behind them or, I mean, that's the thing that's just like baffling to me is. Just how wide open the busts and the—I mean—and it's not the first time we've seen it. I mean, it's just—I don't know. I mean, and, and Alex Grinch, you're in charge of that stuff, dude. Like, you're the DB coach. You and Roy Manning. We've talked about it for a few weeks. If you would have told me that Woody Washington was the guy on this defense, they just can't replace. I don't know that I would have believed you, but man, I mean, it's—it's it's uncanny now. You guys, you look at it, they're not going to DJ Graham's side at all. No, they're not messing no. with him no even a little with bit. Him. I, yeah. and but that's I, like, I think that's, that's, that's Sarkeesian. He comes from that NFL background where if you see something you can exploit, you just keep exploiting it. That's, that's the I, NFL way of life right there. Yeah, I mean, that, and, and I said something early on in the game. I was like, this is like LSU. Texas is just going to go at Jaden Davis and go and go and go at him. And until OU figures out a way to stop it. And they never really did. I think in the second half, they just said, okay, we're going to work to get home fast enough that you don't have time for Xavier Worthy to get vertical. And that, and so they completed some passes to Worthy, but it wasn't the backbreaking, uh, you know, huge plays that he was getting in that first half, except of course, obviously for the late touchdown. But I mean, you know, that, People are like, well, McCutcheon got beat too. McCutcheon was in the ballpark, like he was vaguely there, like, and and he's also he's a freshman. There, there's stuff that you got to accept that's going to happen 
with young guys. Jaden Davis is he's a junior. He he is what he is. And he, I mean, I, I I touched on it in under the hood. Like I, I said, this is good. This matchup is a problem because Worthy's a flyer, man, and he's yeah, not going that. anywhere. Yeah. Um. So this is. Uh, other teams that have guys that can run like that, which you know I admit aren't everybody, they're gonna they're gonna try to line them up on Jaden Davis and do exactly what Texas did today. I will say this, uh, and and I think this is what Casey Thompson does a lot of the same things that Caleb Williams does. And, and this is one thing we talked about earlier, Josh. The biggest difference that I see between Caleb Williams and and Spencer Rattler on the field is that. Caleb Williams seems to know that his job is to distribute the football and give people an opportunity to make plays. To where, to me, Spencer Rattler is out there and he's more looking at it from a perspective of, look, if this is good for me, I'll I'll do it for you. Like, uh, if if this isn't too, you know, I don't really want to throw a, a jump ball to Marvin Mims 50 yards down the field to see if he can get it because it might get intercepted and I'll look bad. Yep. It, everything's got to be so perfect that he can't just let a good player go make a play. Like, cause there's no question. He doesn't make that throw to Caleb or to Marvin Mims. There's no way he does that. And uh, Caleb just trusted his guy. He said, I, I like my guy better than the other guy. And I'm going to let him make, go make, uh, excuse me, let him go make a play. And I saw, I saw, you know, Caleb Williams was working back shoulder throws to Jaden Hazelwood a lot. Dude, the, the the throw to Jaden Hazelwood, the back shoulder, that was an incomplete pass in the third quarter, and I think it was the, on the drive that they ended up having to settle for a field goal to cut it to 15, that is a great throw. Yeah. Like, Are you talking about the one in the end zone in. that should have been a touchdown? Yes. That he dove oh, that, out That was an incredible yeah. throw. That, I, guys, did he, and maybe you guys have already talked about this, did he surprise you with his velocity? Like, oh, I mean, oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, the, the, I knew he could throw, throw, but wow. throw to Mims. Yeah, like the the one on the on the drop pass, the on the on the drop snap, that is an incredible play for somebody being thrown on to that stage at that moment to come up and just collect himself and then to deliver the football like that. Oh my god! Well, and the like thing it, about it almost makes me go like, how the hell did this guy not start from the beginning? I don't want to get into yeah. that conversation because I know where that yep. leads. Well, it was never an open competition, where, so I mean, like you can. Yep. To say all you want, it was never an open competition. It's been, I mean, and it's understandable why it wasn't because Lincoln Riley sure. was married to Spencer Rattler. He had to see he, the marriage had to fail before he could get out of it. It still has to fail before he can get out of it. He benched the guy that was fourth in the Heisman Trophy odds today, and we're talking about why they didn't start the other guy for the first five games, like. That's how weird this season has been, but it's also it's a, a credit to I mean, it's not as bad, but you guys know how I feel like Charleston Rambo ruined the season last year because when you get in that situation, when you're committed to a guy that's good, but you need him to make a step to be great, you still have to give him that opportunity to be great. And they gave Charleston Rambo that opportunity last year, and it derailed the entire offense early in the season. But now, like I'm saying, this isn't an extreme of an as extreme as an example. But look, Spencer Rattler, you had a chance to make that jump, and you didn't make it. Like, I I can't Josh, imagine is it, is it like what his family, you know, and Lincoln Riley have to go through now with this whole thing, because there's going to be a yeah, lot of know, finger pointing going around. That's going to be an ugly conversation this week. You yeah. guarantee it. 
Well, he gets paid seven and a half million dollars a year to make that conversation. So <laughs> oh, sure. I, I don't feel I too mean, bad no. for him. Well, it, it's both, you know, the the situation he's put himself in, kind of, you know, hitching his wagon so strongly to Rattler, which, you know, again, I understand. I, I'm with Kerry. I, I get why he did what he did. But at the same time, it's hard to feel bad for Lincoln Riley when his fallback option looked that freaking good. And like I said, playing his first meaningful football in about two years. Yeah. And just walk yeah, out I, there and I, do I, that today. I remember I hit you guys up in the in the war room and I was like, it really has been twenty nine since twenty nineteen since he really had meaningful snaps in a game, hasn't it? Like and that mm-hmm. was in high school. That was a junior in high school. Like these are yep. college reps and he hasn't really played in a game in two years. It's incredible. It's, Josh, I mean, is it yeah. Is it like just complete crazy caught at the moment dramatic talk to say that like and I, I told Carrie this at the beginning of the show it's like I don't know if you can legitimately put Spencer Rattler back, back out there to take meaningful snaps at the University of Oklahoma in front of Caleb Williams anymore I, I aside from just how the two played I mean somebody put up a graphic today and you guys may have seen it as well where it was like 30 plays with Spencer Rattler for like 150 yards and then with Caleb it was something like a similar amount of plays, like, you know, 45 maybe. And it was like 510 yards of offense. Like, I don't know how you do that. But also, and Eddie, you could speak to it better than me. But, man, it felt like that whole team reacted just differently when he was on the field. Like, everybody just looked like they had a little more juice, a little more excitement. I don't know we if that's a, my imagination we were, or what. We were zapruitering just it's the flag plant. I mean, just looking at everyone during the flag plant, it's just like – you saw the video that I put on the board and tweeted out with all the players coming up to him after the game. It's like he he was he just kept telling everybody. It's like I told you all stick with me and we were going to win that game. And it just he he has something that it, it's somebody on the sidelines told me today, and it, it it couldn't be any any closer to the truth as far as the way the description was. He has he doesn't have the athletic ability. I don't think anybody would ever say that he does. That Kyler that Kyler had, but when compared to Spencer, he does, if that makes sense. But he also yeah. has that, just that togetherness, that draw as far as being a quarterback that Baker had. And, you know, far from ever being those two guys, I don't think they're going to be building a statue after one game, but he has those intangibles that you could build something off of. There's no doubt about that. And as Kerry said, like this win right now today is, is a springboard into the back half of the schedule and it's going to be really, really incredible to see kind of what Caleb Williams does now as what we think is the starter. Well, I don't. I, here's something you can't discount, and that is the element that that Caleb Williams brings to the game that Spencer Rattler does not, which is you have to be concerned with him pulling the ball down and running it. Sure, you never had that with Spencer Rattler. Sure. I thought Eric Gray looked like a different guy once Caleb Williams came out there yeah. because all of a sudden it was opening up things for him to go around that corner that hadn't been there for the first five games of the year. No, that's it's a it's a great point, Josh. I mean, the and I was I was also telling Carrie it's like the, just the the feeling inside that stadium when Caleb Williams when you knew that he was going to be the guy and they started getting things going there in the third quarter and the defense was playing together it just I, I can't explain the type of like momentum that was felt on the Oklahoma side of the field you could feel it all the way down on the Texas end and then of course when you got down to the Oklahoma end 
in the fourth quarter, and, and Texas is going to face the third and long coming out of uh, the TV timeout in between quarters, it just felt like they were going to will this thing uh, no matter how far they were down, no matter how much the chips were stacked up against them. It was, uh, it was, it was incredible. It was, it was a lot of fun to be a part of. Uh, guys, you know, for you, I, I just I can't decide what to make of this team. In the first quarter I'm watching them, I'm like, they don't look like they give a shit. They don't look right. like they care about being here at all. And then in the fourth quarter, you're like, how the hell has this bunch of dudes that have got some injury problems, have got a freshman quarterback that's never played meaningful snaps at the college level, how have they fought their way back into this game that sure. they frankly had no business being in? I, well, I don't know. Are they really damn tough? Are they soft? I, I don't know what it is, but they're somewhere in, in the crazy middle of those two extremely well, polar ideas. They're the, they're the let's, hardest soft guy on the block. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. Let's be honest. Uh, you have to put the start of the game on the coaching staff. That, I mean, that was I mean, a team fair. that was not ready to play today. I've, they they I've, were yeah. as their readiness was as shitty as any readiness I've ever seen in the history of this rivalry. It was it uh, to look up and to see that they're down fourteen after getting scored on on the first play of the game, going three and out, getting a punt blocked. Uh, uh, I mean. I, in a way, for them to even come back from that is something. Not to mention that they were down by 21 at one point. And Josh, you you tweeted it out like, I, who knows what happens if uh, Mike Woods doesn't come down with that that like think about the third and long plays that Oklahoma had today, whether it be the Mike Woods play, or you go into the fourth quarter with the third and 19 throw to Marvin Mims. It just like they kept coming up with big plays. Even uh, Eric Gray picked up a uh, on a on a uh, draw, I believe, in the first half. Uh, picked up a third and ten. That was a great play call. It was just, it was incredible. Guys, I I said something like early fourth quarter. And I was like, I really don't care what happens from here. I'm impressed. This team showed something to fight back this way, like that. And I was shocked how many OU fans were like, "You're right." Like I like, and because usually when I say something like that, that's either, you know, sentimental or big picture or whatever. They're like, you puss. Can't think that way. Got to go win. Like, only matters if you oh, win. Why don't you go and try I, running the scoop account for a game, all right? <laughs> and so, like, I, I really expected that. And a lot of OU fans were like, man, this is just amazing. Like, it's amazing that they did what they've done here. And it, like I said, it, it was – it's one of those games, like, we'll talk about forever. I mean, I, you thought 2020 was crazy – and then this game comes along and just couldn't have been bigger momentum swings. And every time you kind of thought, oh, you'd get back in the game, they wouldn't do it. Then the defense got rolling, and it was just a totally different thing. And I, like I said, I mean, it, it, it's one of those deals, too, where you look at it. Guys, and I mean, I'm sure you've talked about it. The, the defensive front and the work they did on B. John Robinson is exemplary. I mean, just... People are, oh, he got that big run, and he had 130 yards or whatever. Man, if you could have told OU's coaches from the start of that game, B. John Robinson's going to break one big run, and he's going to have 130-yard total, they say, we'll win this game. Like, they, they would have taken that every day of the week. Well, that's what I mean, that was the stat that I, I put out on the, the Scoop account. But, Josh, uh, you know, I made some terrible analogies earlier. <laughs> I'll admit that oh, now. Oh, God. Uh, am I getting? Am, am I, am I going to be canceled for coming on this podcast after no, the fact? No, they were just. They okay. were just. Yeah, well, they weren't well, politically well. incorrect. <laughs> yeah, Eddie's on this podcast, so you know you still have Fair. a chance to do to, for that to happen. No, but it's like, 
I, I I probably used a bad example. It's like Aaron Judge in a in a a home run hitting contest. I said Vlad Guerrero, but it'd be more somebody like Will Clark or something. Uh, you know, it's like Kennedy Brooks is not the sexiest looking guy. I mean, Bijan Robinson looks like uh, he looks closer to Reggie Bush than anything I've seen in a while with the way he cuts and uh, it just he's poetry in motion. Kennedy Brooks is a different. I mean, he's fantastic to watch. Don't get me wrong; like he does shit, and you're just like. God, how is he this good? Like, he just, you can't, it's hard for you for, for to process what is so special about him. We've talked about it for years now. But, yep. I mean, you put their stat lines next to each other. Uh, B. John Robinson, 20 carries. That's a lot of carries. 137 yards. That was really good. He had a one touchdown and that beautiful 50-yard run where he got down to, what, the one or the two-yard line uh, before they knocked him out. Uh, and you think, man, that guy put on a clinic. Then you put up Kennedy Brooks' uh, stat line. 25 carries, five more. 217 yards, two touchdowns, and he had an even longer longest run of 65 yards. So Kennedy Brooks, and it was funny because B. John Robinson had like 10 yards of carry throughout the game, and they kept joking about it. B. John Robinson ends up with 6.9 yards average. Kennedy Brooks, 8.7. Uh Maybe it's more like Seabiscuit, you know? It's like more <laughs> admirable, Admiral and Seabiscuit. I think that, that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. We might get canceled for that, but, you know, that, that's not bad. Wait, was War um, Admiral a Nazi horse or something? I didn't know this. Probably. I mean, you know, he was in that era of America. I mean, I'm surely there was some ownership that was connected to some sort of hatred, but probably. whatever. Um, anyway, it, it, the thing, and, I, and I, I will fully own this about myself. I don't think the way my brain operates as a recruiting guy, I'll ever be able to give Kennedy Brooks the credit he deserves. Like, I I can't get past what he's not, and I can't, and it makes it hard for me to accept what he is. You see, do you um, notice how, like, if you see the replay on that final play, he looks so, he's just running past everyone. Like, I'm like, how is Kennedy Brooks this fucking fast? Like, I don't. I didn't know he had that in him, but like you watch it and literally the yard markers are flying by like he is a racehorse. I mean, it's unbelievable. I guess the racehorse thing and comparing people to animals is bad, but Yeah, I think say that there there's the danger zone. But yeah. no, I mean I know what you mean. Like, I mean he really he part of it too is he's one of those guys and we all knew one growing up that you're like, he's not running that fast, and then you're like, Holy crap, he's eating up ground like crazy. Because it looks so easy and natural. He's got that long stride. You don't realize how much ground he's covering until he's 20 yards down the Marvin field. Marvin Mims but, is kind of like that, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can, guys, there was a conversation when Marvin Mims was a senior of if he really had the ability to stretch the field, like if he had that kind of speed. And there was a lot of people that bought into it. And that's why I think a lot of people thought he was going to go to Stanford. Because at Stanford, he's a speedy guy. And at places like Oklahoma, oh, that's, that speed won't translate like that. And all I see is Marvin Mims front pass people. So I, you know, I don't know. But um, and my God, what a what a dot, what a bullet they dodged with that punt today, where Drake Stoops let himself oh. get blocked into Marvin Mims. Yeah, and it just so well, happened I mean, to hit a Texas so many, player on the shoulder. They're down by eighteen at halftime, and there's so many things in the first half that you go, God damn, they were lucky to be down by 18 at halftime mm -hmm. it wasn't just like yeah. they fought like a hard fought 18 point deficit it was a ah you but it was also like they were down by 18 at halftime and you're like they're lucky to not be down more but you're also saying to yourself this could also be closer 
That's how stupid that first half was. Yeah, that's, that first half was ridiculous. I mean, it's just like, how often do you, you go into halftime saying, well, this is could be so much worse, but it's really not that bad either. There was like nine minutes left in the first quarter, and I looked up and thinking that there was like two minutes left in the first quarter. The first half took four Oh, hours. my God. Well, the replays were out of control early. Yeah. Well, they needed well, all of them. Guys, I mean, even into the fourth quarter, you're, you know, OU takes the lead. You're like, this crazy game, this crazy comeback has happened. There's still seven minutes of football left. Like, I mean, we weren't even close to the end, and you kind of had to reset. And, you know, and I, I, I said something at the time. I was like, this is the danger because OU's been great all season when they're up against it. It's been when they're, you know, th- things get comfortable is when they seem to get in trouble. How about, uh, how about our boy, Danny Stutzman, man? What a <laughs> Carrie, I'm sorry, I haven't said it yet, but what a fucking football player. I mean, just an incredible football player. I I get excited when he's out on the football field. Can we just call him Danny fucking football? Like can he just be that? Like that yes. I, I'm fine with it's, that. That's kind of the, like that's been coming. Like no one's called a player, you know, so and so fucking guy. Like but as crass as the, the country is now, I think that's acceptable. Yeah. God, and he plays that, I mean, like that sad. kind of guy. I mean, they need him to keep coming, to keep getting better. Oh, sure. But then you got oh, yeah. then you have a Spencer Rattler situation on the defense because you got to replace either Osimo or Deshaun White. Uh, I, I think those two would handle a lot better than it would appear that Rattler has handled things. Here's but. okay. Guys, here's I thought Osimo had a great game today. I yeah, thought he no, played he really well. He was all uh, he was uh, he was a little in danger of getting some taunting here and there though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, stop messing with Bijan. They're yes, going to be real careful with yes. Bijan. Stop, stop, stop putting knees in his helmet. over him. And, yeah, like when mm-hmm, he's, don't do that. Yeah. 100%. Which, by the way, you're not the one tackling him behind the line of scrimmage. That's Isaiah Thomas and Perry on Winfrey. They're the ones doing the real work, okay? And by, it is bizarre because, like, uh, Josh, I don't ever remember seeing a defensive line that is this active in stopping the run. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, that's the thing, guys. We were, you, you know, you were talking about um, Bijan's stats earlier. I'm pretty sure he went into halftime at like 115 or something. They like had, someone that they ballpark. had 27 yards rushing in the second, in the entire second half. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, that that really is just unbelievable. And again, guys, we talked about it uh, in the unofficial 40. We've talked about it on the board all week. Casey Thompson is a dangerous runner, and they didn't allow him anywhere. And I, you know, we talked about Deshaun White and Osamoa. There was one where he was breaking out left, and Deshaun White did an incredible job. Reads him, comes up, fills, and then Thompson kind of has to float back into the group. It was that's exactly when it was. It was when Isaiah Thomas got the sack, and he should have had it early, but he got grabbed by Christian Jones. And then as Casey works his way back towards him, Isaiah Thomas just basically catches him and takes him down. But I mean, it was their pressure was so good up front that. I, I thought it was the best I'd seen the linebackers play. I didn't think they had a bad day. Um, it, it there was really one guy that just got roasted, and then you had Bijan Robinson making making some plays. He's really good. Uh, he's incredible. He's, he's the best so back good, in the country. That, I don't that even think it's close. That he had in the second quarter. That was yeah. just absolutely. I mean, that was definitely Sarkeesian. Definitely kind of pulled a little bit of a Lincoln Riley in his first. Uh, oh, you mm-hmm. Texas game where he he should have forced the forced the issue with Bijan. Of course, he did run it twenty times. Yeah, 
But I mean, you think about that. Like, it's one of those things where, especially there when it was starting to get tight, it got to 38 23, that sort of thing. I, I'm saying to myself, if we're going to go down, we're going to throw our best punch. And B. John Robinson is our best punch. And if they can stop that, we're going to run that for three downs. We're going to do whatever we need to do. Or at least, like, you know, we're going to make it look that way. And then third, maybe we, we pull something and do something more unique. But we're going to get him as many touches as humanly possible. I don't, did they throw to him? I don't, I don't remember. He had one catch, I believe, on the day. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I thought he would be a bigger, uh, have a more of an impact than that. I mean, he had one catch for two yards. I, I thought, I thought for the, for the most part, too, uh, I thought Casey Thompson played pretty damn well. He did. He did I yeah. mean, he, he didn't go, he wasn't able to go win it for him, but I thought he had a nice game plan as well. If they um, have somebody better on that roster, I'd be shocked at quarterback. Like, I don't know that Hudson Card will ever be that guy. Yeah. 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 Um, is it me or do you like, I don't know, Josh, like just as a publisher, like I, maybe it's, it's like, I almost feel a, a, a sense of sadness for like Jeff Ketchum and, and Jason Sukabel and all those guys and more. Cause it's just like, God, this was like such a group. This, this was supposed to be such a great moment for them and their fans. And, and it just all went to shit. And maybe that's just what Texas has gotten used to. Well, and it's so much worse because they thought they tasted it. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. you know there were threads like, oh, my God, this is why we brought Sark here. Like, I haven't looked. but I'm- uh, Sorry, my uh, internet went down. Hopefully that won't happen in the uh, the new offices as often it does at my house. Um, but, yeah, Eddie and Bob, uh, I told, he, told Eddie, we told Eddie he could just book it. He and Bob are headed back home tonight. So uh, we'll let them go. And, and Josh and I will kind of wrap it up here. But, uh, Josh, I think one thing I wanted to say – uh, in, in just to kind of my final thoughts on on today and what I saw, uh, and you know why I back Caleb Williams over Spencer Rattler moving forward is, you know, with Spencer Rattler quarterback, what we found out is this team, not just the offense, but this team as a whole, it has a very low margin for error. With Caleb Williams in there, I saw a team that is better than playing uh you know to not screw up to not you know have a bad play to not try and make something spectacular happen and I don't think it was play calling at all I mean I just think what I saw from Caleb Williams just like I said earlier is a guy that's willing to to put a jump ball in the air to Caleb Williams or to Marvin Mims that's that's willing to to try some back shoulder throws with Jaden Hazelwood because he knows he's very good at that and he's uh, you know, he, he has good body control and, and he's physical. Uh, and, you know, I, I, he probably still has to develop some stuff with Drake Stoops uh, and, and maybe Austin Stogner. But uh, you kind of maybe you just saw him go to the guys that he was comfortable with that he's gotten a lot of practice time with. Um, but I just feel like everything expands about the offense with him in there because of his running game, because of the way like the way he reads the zone read is the way it's supposed to look. Spencer always looked like he was kind of going through the motion with that stuff. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, you can talk about the athleticism and all those sort of things, and Caleb's a, a better runner than uh, than Spencer. There's just no doubt about it. But it wasn't just that. Spencer's reads weren't right. It wasn't yeah. just a, you, you know, can a see, physical You can thing. see yeah. Caleb, uh, you know, just staring down that defensive end when he's putting mm-hmm. the ball in his gut, when the running back's gut. Yeah, it, it, it looks – it just looks so much cleaner. And I agree with you completely – Caleb looked like the kind of guy today 
that will give the rest of that team the parts they need, either time to recover from injury or to figure things out along the offensive line, you know, whatever that's going to be. It, it just seemed like, okay, there's a, I think the way you said it's perfect. There's a greater margin for error with Caleb Williams. Now, there's going to be probably more errors. Yeah. I, to everybody, anybody that thinks what today happened is just going to go on in perpetuity, don't do that to yourself. He's a young quarterback. He's going to make bad plays and bad decisions. But it felt like he trusted that team more than Spencer ever did. Yes. And they trust him in return. I agree 100%. And like you said, there will be more uh, mistakes, but there's also going to be more payoffs, I think, with yep. Caleb Williams at quarterback. But it's going to be interesting to see how this dance plays out because Lincoln is going to – he doesn't want to lose a scholarship quarterback right now. Uh, he, he, does, he wants to keep Spencer engaged because uh, who knows how things work out. But, man, I, I just – I feel like we lob stuff on Spencer that he doesn't deserve at times. I just don't have confidence that this is going to get handled quietly or uh, maturely, I guess, maybe. Maybe that's not the right word, but just I think it, it, has, a, it has a chance to get a little ugly. I, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I just don't see any way this doesn't doesn't get aired somewhat publicly. Like, I just don't see any way this all goes on behind the curtains. And this isn't Barry Switzer and Troy Aikman, where Troy Aikman someday is coming back to OU to hang out and feel comfortable and that kind of stuff. Like, this feels like bridges will get burned. Yeah, and I, you know, it's going to be interesting because the players, I mean, it seems like they rally around Caleb today, or they rallied around him today. Uh, I mean, the way that... That people talk because Caleb couldn't talk to the media. Lincoln wouldn't even let him do an interview with Holly Rowe after the game. I'm not getting on a Lincoln diatribe here. Uh, I'm just saying he's probably not going to be able to do media while he's the starting quarterback since he's a freshman, a true freshman. Uh, and Lincoln doesn't want true freshmen to talk to the media even after they've played, which we're not used to, but that's his policy. Uh, and so other people had to speak for him, but the way people spoke for him, it was like, Wow, they really like this dude. Yeah. I, 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 were you even surprised with how clear and obvious it was? Like, I felt like guys would try to kind of walk the line a little bit, but boy, yes, I, I was. I was. You're exactly right. I didn't I see any of that. I thought it was clear. And the video that Eddie got blew me away after the game where just everybody was around him. But God, Kerry, we've talked about that since he was a recruit, man. He has that. That thing that Baker had it. I don't. I don't know that I would say Kyler had. Well, guess who doubted his ability to to affect other people and got deservedly <laughs> a ton of shit for it over the summit. So you know, I, I uh, from that day I told you I don't doubt Caleb Williams anymore in terms of his people skills. You learned a harsh lesson. Oh my God! I'd say it was beyond harsh. Yeah. So. No, but I, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. It's going to be dramatic. Uh, Lincoln's not going to like it. Uh, and you wonder, do you start seeing, you know, Twitter fingers pop up? You see parents making statements. Ugh. I, I don't envy that part of Lincoln. I'll take his money that he makes, but I don't envy the job that he has, you know, ahead of him. Yeah, this, this is the... To work. Yeah, this this is the no fun part of the job. And, I mean, I, I think 
We can talk about that part of it. I doubt Lincoln cares that much. I think Lincoln's but, yeah, that's a big his enough job. boy to handle I mean, that. That yep. is why he gets paid. Mm-hmm. And his job is to put the best football team on the field. Uh, and he cannot be worried about Spencer Rattler's feelings or his family's feelings uh, or what this might say to recruits. Like, his job is to put the best team on the field. And all the evidence so far suggests, after what we saw today, we couldn't say this before today, but after today... I'm ready to step forward and say, the, if Lincoln Riley's doing his job, Caleb Williams is his starting quarterback moving forward. Yep. There, there's there's no rational explanation or defense of otherwise. I mean, it, it's you just can't do it that way. Well, what I think is the problem, and I and I this part I and get I'm not for, even I'm not Lincoln even Riley. like no two QB system either. Like no, that's a cop no. out. That's Mm-mm. a cop out, and I don't think it'll work. And I, I think people today, I, I'm. Again, was fairly impressed with how OU handled, uh, how OU fans handled Rattler coming on that two point conversion. We we know why that happened. It, it's a it's a unique spot. It's a it's a strange play. It's something Spencer's going to have run a lot of times, and Caleb probably has not run hardly at all. Yeah, so that's like what I, I got that. I mean, yeah. yeah, I get that one completely. Um, and I don't think it creates any change. I think it's just something Caleb will work on probably this week. The part I get that is difficult for Lincoln Riley, and you said it earlier, Kerry, is the, okay, now there's a good chance if you pull this cord, which I think you have to pull, there's there's a chance you're going to be down to one scholarship quarterback on your campus. And that's that's obviously a huge, huge risk, but it's you, you can't play the lesser player or the guy that clearly doesn't look like your team is going to excel at the same level with him on the field. Um be, because of what might happen, you just can't live. You can't play like that. You can't live like that. The thing that's the, the, that I kept thinking about today, like if this really goes down and Caleb Williams becomes a starting quarterback, one Spencer Rattler will have to transfer. Like I don't think he's. There's no way that I mean he could enter his name in the draft if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. There's no way he's going to be drafted as high as he expected. Oh Lord, no! Like he's going to no. have to transfer. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he'll find a good place to transfer to that's a mm-hmm. a big school. I jokingly said in the war room, like, you're going to love it in Oregon next year, Spencer. Like, um, it's it'll be someplace like that that just doesn't have the quarterback. Yep. Yep. I, I mean, and there there are places I I think he'd be outstanding in. It's just, it's just you know, I like I said... Don't you think it'll it, be what what he is? I mean, Spencer Rattler to me is a guy that would be a really good quarterback for a team like Notre Dame that has offensive linemen that run the ball. Yep. Like and that, let him play Wisconsin, off play I mean, even Wisconsin. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's probably yep. a better example. Oh Lord, he'd be he'd be outstanding. I mean, it, no telling where Wisconsin could be if they could complete a forward pass right now. Um, I just think none of us accounted for the fact that he would be this average of a runner yeah yep uh it, it i mean it, it makes me think now every time i look at a quarterback that OU's interested in what i mean that they just can't have a statue back there that they, they cannot run the offense the way they want to run it with a guy that cannot pick up first down to his feet yeah and i mean i'm, I'm thinking of just other quarterbacks they've had their transfer out i mean austin kendall was not i mean was not a great runner. He wasn't a statue, but he wasn't a great runner. Uh, mm-hmm. We all know Mordecai made tons of plays with his feet in high school, but 
at the college level, would not say he's a great runner. I mean, I've, I watched him play a little bit today, uh, and he's okay at moving the pocket, but he. I remember thinking, like, man, I thought he was a better runner the, the few times he played last year. Yep. I, I get, yeah, this year, I don't know if it was, you know, the... And I guess I always think of Jadavion Clowney because he was kind of the first guy to do this where everybody knew he was going to be an elite pick. And it looked like that final year, he was just kind of like, I'm not getting hurt. I'll I'll do whatever else, but I'm not getting hurt. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's what it was with Spencer, but it just, it didn't look like there was the same conviction running the ball at times. Like even his touchdown run today. Oh, yeah. He was more worried about getting down than he was getting into the end zone. Yeah. Because I mean, either that or it was more like, I can't afford to get hurt because I want to be the number one pick in the draft this year. Yeah. And I don't have enough tape yet, so I need to play as much as possible. Like, everything everything about this season for him just seems like he was... I'm trying to think of the right phrase for it. Um, I mean, he's being conservative, but it's like he was just... He's like living his life on egg crates, on eggshells. I mean, it's just like... Everything he was, everything was so calculated. It just seems like he couldn't let loose. Really, I mean, it was like he was what do they call it paralysis by analysis. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, he toward the end of last year, you felt like that's a guy just playing football, just letting it rip, doing whatever. This year, it just felt like he was in his head the whole time. I mean, and I know the year's not over, but boy, it sure feels like it is for him. Yeah. All right. Well, I can hear the dogs are getting antsy. So yes. uh, I Do- know dogs antsy. Kids in the bathtub. It, it is. It is time for Josh to drink uh, without a mic in front of him. <laughs> well, turn Twitter off too while you're at. That's always a good <laughs> that's advice. a good idea. Uh, all right, Josh. I appreciate it. Uh, plenty more to come. Eddie and uh, Bob heading back now. Uh, we've already got some stories up from Bob uh, from uh, from tonight's game. Uh, more video to be coming from Eddie. Uh, of course, the podcast. We'll have the. Uh, uh, more from uh, Isaiah uh, coming up this week as well. So looking forward to that. And uh, boy, Sooners win it uh, 55-48. And it sets the stage for part two of a season that no one thought was really going anywhere before this all happened. And now that Caleb Williams is the quarterback or seemingly the quarterback, it opens up a, a, an entire new world of possibilities for this team. Uh, so we're going to be excited to cover it and talk about it and uh, talk about it with you on Soonerscoop.com. I want to thank Eskridge Lexus. Uh, gave me a nice little loaner this weekend after my tragic uh, Lexus uh, ramming uh, last week. So, uh, Ed, Will, all you guys, thanks so much for everything that you always do for us. Uh, and until next week, by the way, uh, TCU home game now, 630. Uh, so that's good. Home game, 630. It's what you want. Um, until next week, we'll see you right back here on the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast show.